We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. I am stoked to announce that the Digital Dojo is back and it's happening at 4 p.m. Pacific on December 28th. The Digital Dojo is a profoundly transformational online experience that invites you to expand beyond your fear-based edges in real time. It's a totally emergent and unpremeditated experience that allows us to truly meet and support what's actually alive on the day of the dojo. From deep cathartic breakthroughs to hilarious spontaneous freestyles, I'm always blown away by the magic and expanse that occurs inside. If you're ready to step up and claim your most liberated self as we move into 2023, while being deeply supported by myself and a masterful guardianship team, now is the time. It's only $55 to join and the link to grab your spot is in the show notes. I hope to see you inside. Hello, Dojo family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited. I can barely keep still to introduce you to Pardis, who is one of the Dojo Council members. We have journeyed together through Dojo Immersed and Dojo Masters. And now I'm witnessing this woman who is what I like to call the guardian of the muse. She is the ultimate, like the ultimate embodiment of the muse. And for all of you listening, I'd love for you to take a moment to really tune into the word, the muse and like what that means to you. And I'm really curious, Pardis, as you introduce yourself for you to share what the muse means to you, like the energy of the muse and also your intention for being here today. Pardis, before I bring her voice in, I also just want to share from my own heart, Pardis is one of the most incredible, like honey, soothing musicians and poets, spoken word artists and dance, you know, dancers that I've really ever encountered the way that I met Pardis was at a full moon gathering where she was holding down the entire space with her poetry and her music. And I was quite amused mm-hmm. <laughs> by her medicine that was pouring through. And I'm mm-hmm. using the word amused because it has the word muse in it. But what I really want to say is I was enchanted. I was actually enchanted by the frequency that was pouring through her in her artistry. Mm -hmm. And so we connected after that experience and got to deepen in many ways. I initially brought her on as a facilitator for a dojo overnight immersion and our relationship deepened and blossomed in so many ways from that point forward. And so 
that's, yeah, I just want to kind of set the stage for the enchantress that I feel you are. And it goes beyond that. Like, where is an artist coming from when they're utilizing the power of enchantment, right? Like there's a power when it comes to the entrainment and the magnetism of one who is gifted in this lifetime with the ability to embody the muse, right? Mm-hmm. There's like an enchantment that happens. And I think of, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of like the Pied Piper, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, all the mice are following this Pied Piper. And where is the place that you're coming from when expressing your artistry? What is the why behind the art when there's a recognition that there's such power to enchant, right? And so I really wanna honor the place I see you come from and the deep inquiry that I've seen Pardis in when it comes to her why and the integrity of the work that I've witnessed this woman do to liberate herself so that the enchantment that comes through her art becomes an invitation for freedom, becomes an invitation for liberation, becomes an invitation for the artist inside of us all to rise. So now I've said a lot of words, I'd love to pass the mic to you and invite you to share your intention for being here today. And what does the muse mean to you? I mean, you said all that so beautifully. I thank you for that. Um, Yeah, my intention is to, again, same, same as my artistry touched upon this. The intention behind everything that I do is to be an example of what is possible when we follow our bliss and our truth and what calls our soul forward. And for me, like it's been a lifetime of learning how to trust myself and my artistry, the things that have, again, like I, I just like couldn't ignore. I couldn't not follow that call. Otherwise I would feel like a part of me is like really just like dead inside when I'm not creating and we are all creators it's just the ways that we create and our our expressions all are all very different but I think it's so important to live a life that that allows space for us to explore and to be youthful and curious and playful and just like explore these things so I hope to be an example of what's possible when when we trust ourselves and we trust our artistry and our creative process or calling whatever that may be Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then the muse to me man I've been embracing the muse as this beautiful energy again similar to what I just spoke on this like playful curious like just exploratory totally open receptive like feminine essence that can shift the energy of the space just by like the look in the eyes or the presence that's brought just learning to step into that more bring that energy like less words less speaking just holding that frequency of of the goddess the divine mother the healer so many different expressions it like cannot be contained you know but the muse is the one that inspires us and that awakens us to this aliveness, to this beauty, to this, yeah, just different, very different than the mundane and like the normal day-to-day life that we've been taught to believe is like, is normal. It's like something that pulls us out of that. And it's like, just like, yeah, it wakes us up. It says something more. <laughs> I feel that so deeply. And I love the way you're speaking to the multidimensionality of the energy that is the muse. And so for all of you listening, you know how I do and love to bring us all and invite us all into a ceremonial awareness of the way that life invites each of these like archetypal energies invites us to expand through our engagement with these archetypal energies. And I feel like the muse is its own archetype you know, and the way that you're describing it is this full spectrum, multidimensional, almost shapeshifter. That is very elusive too. Like you can't quite put your finger on like what that is. Yeah. And it, it really is evocative. 
there's an evocative energy when it comes to the muse. And I would love all of you who are listening to tune in, in your own life, in your own field in real time to the beings or the essences or energies or experiences that have served you as a muse in your life. It's like, what inspires you the most? What is the most evocative and invitational in your life? And like feeling the magnetism toward that which is evocative, that which invites more of us out. And so there's this magic when we recognize that individual in our life that is like this invitation. Oh, wow. Like Pardis is that for me. You're this muse energy. You just did it before we hit play. You were like, oh, come to Mexico City and create, you know, the, the calling back the muse dojo collaboration in Mexico City. And as you're speaking, I see your, it's this almost like semi-conscious. I see your body moving in the way that the muse moves. And it's like you said, this elusive invitation where I recognize, wow, Pardis is a character in my own life who brings something out of me through the nature of your own muse. And that makes me want to engage with you more. And it's through that reflection that I actually ignite my own muse, the muse in me that gets to inspire and invite more out of the individuals in my life. And I feel like there's been a deep journey for myself around the reclamation of the artist mm-hmm. in me and something about the character that you play in my life as a muse and as a permission slip to bring forth more of my own artist is, is really magical. And I'm curious how that plays a part in your service and like what you're here to do with the offering you created, which is calling back the muse. And so can you describe calling back the muse and the intention of that offering? And part of why I want you to describe this is for anyone listening to find what it is in your own life that creates that invitation to unlock your artist or to lean into your own edges of expression. And so how does Calling Back the Muse serve that purpose? And like, what is that creation? Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's taken on a life of its own since like almost exactly a year ago. I was in Morocco for Experience House. This is, <laughs> it was funny because we were in our first like dojo immersed together and I would have to log on at like three in the morning Uh because of the time zone and the the differences but we made it we did it so yeah it was created in Morocco basically a multi-sensory experience that is a space for collective healing so like that's like a big intention for me with this is that yes like we're so many of us are doing the work it gets really like rough and like little uncomfortable sometimes it's not always pretty but to have spaces that feel safe and comfortable enough to do the work together and to be held in community and go deep in that way not alone but we're together like felt so good to me and I, I just I feel like we need more of those spaces so that was a big intention but basically you come in to the space and I've done this in so many different locations and venues and cities so far you come in and we start with a little bit of dropping in with meditation or breath work and then everyone gets blindfolded and lays down and it's super cozy super cuddly you like have all your things to feel good super sexy (laughs) super sexy and you just you just open yourself up to a state of receiving receptivity so again like the energy of the muse calling back the muse it's like letting the divine mother and the feminine just kind of like take care of you nurture you and so everyone gets blindfolded lays down and there's a whole journey of sound and poetry and music and the whole time I have my muses that walk around and just love on everybody whether it's through you know essential oils or smoke medicine or different sound healing instruments and touch all the things so I realized there's a couple of things that I love about this experience. One is that, yes, I'm in there performing, sharing my voice, my songs, my poetry, whatever it is that wants to come through. But it's not this typical conventional, like, I'm the performer. 
on stage. Y'all are the audience, like watch me perform, you know, more like I'm creating this moment and this like opportunity for those who are there to go on their own journey and to go deep eyes closed. It's like about you, but we're also in a collective experience together. Mm -hmm. So I really love that. It was really powerful. I've experienced it twice now. Pardis facilitated it at our dojo master's immersion. And then I experienced it again in Denver when you were offering it for the Colorado community. And it is a really potent experience to get to fully let go and release into such a deeply sensual experience where the vulnerability of letting go of control, being blindfolded and allowing yourself to actually just receive that deeply on such a multi-sensory level, not just audibly, not just in taste, not just in sound, like it's multi-sensory. You're experiencing the taste of the lotus tea and the chocolates and the sound of the voice and the singing and the poetry and the touch of the muses. And it's this real deep opportunity to relax into a state of receptivity. And I find that when we create the space for ourselves to receive that deeply and come out of a sense of doing, we actually become available for inspiration to flow from Mm -hmm. the place of effortlessness. It's ironic because so often we effort and exert to try to find the inspiration of whatever's next or whatever's next to do or to create. But when we actually let go and go into non-doing, I find the most potent inspiration comes through in those places. And it's almost counterintuitive, like let go, do less, slow down in order to speed up and do more and create more. And so I'm curious now if we rewind, right? So here you are now touring this experience that you've created all over the world from Morocco to Colorado, touring the the Calling Back the Muse experience. Now, rewinding your life, you know, as an artist, because I want to actually move backwards to before you created calling back the muse before you started touring your music before you started recording your music what did it take and what edges did you have to face off with as a creator in order to step into the last chapter and then I want to bring us to the now because in the leading edge of the now I just feel like you've entered into a whole new level of rocking it out and living in alignment with your dharma. And, you know, before we started, I shared, you know, no mud, no lotus. Now we're seeing the flowering occur in your life right now. And I really want to look at the mud, you know, because I feel like our greatest lessons and deepest learnings that serve the collective the most come from the era of the mud, which comes in cycles, you know? And so what does that look like for you if you rewind, like in terms of like the leading, like the initial edges that you had to face off with as a woman to step into your creatorship, even before we started working together, what did that actually look like for you? And I'm curious if the listeners can relate in their own lives, you know, in terms of like those of you listening, the leading edge of your life and your inspiration, because Pardis is creating from nothing, right? You're creating something from what seems to be nothing. You're creating from the void space. And so what were those learnings in the earlier stages of your life that became the fertile soil of the flowering that's occurring now? (laughs) So good. Well, yeah, as a, as a woman, as an Iranian woman, you know, daughter of immigrants, my family. So like, of course, we all know what's going on in Iran right now, but this isn't anything new. It's been going on for many years. And my family actually all left their country. I was born in the States, but yeah, there was just so much oppression happening and so little freedom to live and express as you felt you desired to. And so my parents came and I, and I like to use this term of like third culture kid where I didn't really understand 
Iranian culture. I never, I still haven't been to my home country. Hopefully one day soon when things change. But I didn't really resonate with that culture. I didn't really understand it. And then also being a daughter of immigrants and growing up with Iranian parents, like didn't also didn't resonate with like this upper middle class white America suburban like lifestyle that I was a part of. So I didn't really feel like I belonged. And from the beginning, I always had this towards the arts and towards music and dancing and performing like there's all these videos of me as a kid just like in front of the camera like look at me you know (laughs) and um yeah and I understand why this was the case but of course my parents were like that's not a realistic thing that's not a realistic dream realistic career to, to go after like you know, in, in Iranian culture, there's a lot of importance placed on like your career and status and, you know, go be a doctor, make that money and like well-respected jobs, you know, in, in like typical society's eyes. And so from the start, like everything around me was basically telling me that this wasn't a realistic or attainable dream, a vision, even though like even as a kid, I felt this it's just like magnetism towards those things. Like I just knew that that was what I wanted to be doing. That's incredible. Just in the context of the, you know, the, the liberated feminine voice that is occurring, you know, mm-hmm. right now in the claiming, in the demonstration, in the rising up of the feminine voice that's occurring in Iran right now, the place that your family is from, and then you incarnating at this time with immigrant parents, but here in the States where you're at the leading edge of your line and then coming into the fullness of your expression at this time, at this time, exactly. I have chills right now just to really recognize the potency of your soul mission on like a higher level at this time and the leadership that you're demonstrating as you've had to face off with your own familial and cultural chains, you know, innocent, right? When it comes to the family, it's it's the cultural conditioning overall. But seeing you as an Iranian woman here in the States, devoting yourself to the just the true north of your heart from the time you've been young in the face of familial and cultural systems that would say, go in a different direction. That doesn't make sense, you know, and you're transforming these ideas as you liberate your voice and stand for the liberated voice of the feminine as a muse, the way you dance yourself into freedom, the way witnessing you in your dance. I remember inside the Dojo Masters immersion, you just, this moment I'll never forget where you were listening to Towards the end and Tony Moss's version of grateful came on as you like walk from the bathroom back into the ceremonial space and Pardis just like broke into this most free I don't even words don't do it justice dance expression that was so embodied and so in her essence that all of us were just like screaming and melting all at once. And it just like reverberated your expression reverberated through all of our bodies and invited freedom through all of our bodies and just feeling what you're here to do. You know, if you guys check out Pardis's Instagram, you'll see videos of her spinning on hoops and like, you know, just in these expressions, whether it's through dance or spoken word or song. And then in the context of the freedom of the feminine, And an Iranian woman at this time, like, wow, I just want to say, wow, and good work. And what an honor to walk with you at this time and keep going. So I just had to give that side note of what's occurring in my own body, but keep going. So in this historically early stages with your family of origin, it was like this kind of breaking free from the beginning of paving your own way. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it takes time. Like it really was this process of, like I said before, learning how to trust my own true north, my own like 
way. Like I totally created a new way, even like everyone that I grew up around. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this, like following the very safe and like easy path. And for me, I was never really, I don't think I've ever had a nine to five job. Like, and not saying for some people that works and that makes them happy. For me, it was like never a thing that I could imagine myself doing. And somehow, like looking back, it's like I've done so many things to support myself from like making jewelry to painting murals, to like all the expressions like, but I've, I've, I've found a way every time. And it was scary at times. Like it was hard to let go of like any real type of security or consistency with like when it comes to pay. You know, as an artist, it's like I decided a little over a year ago, like I'm 100% going all in. Like I need to, otherwise, like I'll never know what I could achieve or where I could end up unless I give all of myself to my artistry and my craft. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it took a lot of time and, and doing the thing and giving it love and consistent energy and attention and yeah, just doing the thing that felt scary. And people were like, what? Like, you're going to go travel through you know, Thailand alone, or like, you're going to do this thing, like move to Mexico. I'm like, yeah, like that, that's what's calling me right now. And I'm going to just, I'm going to listen and do that thing. What would you say was the most pivotal turning point for you in terms of like, Mm -hmm. I hear that you kind of just kept giving yourself more and more to the artist path and then the financial edges coming up and you've always found a way every single time. And for anyone listening who you feel this spark in your heart, the spark in your soul, and a spark is turning into a wildfire and it's what you're here to do. But in order to do it, you have to face off with all of the, you know, cultural and social and familial conditioned patterns that say it's not safe and it's not the path and that, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know? And so in order to do the thing that you're here to do, if it's, on the unconventional road, which is so rising and many, many conscious beings, you know, who are liberating themselves from, you know, nine to fives, right. And just coming into a place of really following your own unique path and zone of genius. There's often edges around like really valuing yourself and what you do enough to make your way financially, right. And letting go of those attachments to the conventional or the known. And so what had to happen in you? What was the turning point in you where you were able to let go of all the safety structures and just say yes? And what did you need to do to build the internal infrastructure in order to trust yourself in that? Because I've seen you on a journey of moving from, you know, like being more in the flow and like, you know, trusting yourself more where you actually follow through with what you say you're going to do. What has the leap been that allowed you to build the internal infrastructure and self sourcing your value enough to say, you know what, this is how I'm going to make my way. And I deserve to be well resourced to create what I'm here to create. Like, what did that take you know, because you've taken a journey, you know what I mean? You've taken a journey to choose it and to claim it. So now we're kind of moving from the mud, you know, of the past where perhaps there were layers of doubt, you know, that come from familial or cultural conditioning. And you just, I heard you say, I couldn't not Z, you know, like I just couldn't not do it. I had to just keep doing it. So more and more that spark becomes a, a, a flame. And then as it becomes a flame, What does it take to keep tending that fire? Because it moves from something that's recreational to something that is like your life purpose. Do you feel what I mean? And I feel you making that turning point now. So what has it taken to get there? Yeah, I mean, the realization that when we're in our joy and like our most authentic expression and just like being ourselves, fully ourselves whatever that looks like it's different for all of us but like we can probably at this point you know in our journeys our our experience of life have an idea of like what lights us up and what feels really good you know and what maybe we're we don't really care much about it's like yeah 
I'm okay on that one. I'm good on that. So realizing just how much that translates when you witness somebody in, like you say, in their zone of genius or like doing that thing or like being in that energy that they exude so well in that place of just like joy and like harmony with themselves. It changes the world. Like that's how we're going to change the world by more liberated humans doing what the fuck they love, like and doing it really well and giving their entire soul and essence to that thing. So I realized that and I'm like, okay, so it's not just like a selfish thing to be like, I want to be an artist and I want to write music and dance my entire life. It's like, no, actually, when I'm doing those things, the way that they fill me up and when, when, when people come into contact with me, the way that I am just like living and breathing and, and expressing is life-changing and like has the, the power and the potential to wake people up to their own like true north and their own like heart's desires like deepest truest desires and like inspire others and like lift people up you know like that's the bigger purpose behind why I do what I do and like that has given me so much like motivation and fire and like fan the flames of like my desires because it's like it's not just a whatever like small thing it's like this is like you said my soul's dharma the reason why i'm on this planet i have these gifts i'm meant to share them. i'm meant to meant to tend to them and cultivate them and it's bigger than me so it's like that remembrance is that it's bigger than me and like when i'm you know like paulo coelho's books the alchemist it's like when you decide something it's like the universe will have your back and i like the entire universe will conspire to make you successful and reach that goal and that desire it's like it's so much bigger than us so just like remembering that you know that it is part of our purpose on this planet to help others and to be this like shining light we're meant to shine and one thing I want to mention too when you're asking about like the mud when I grew up I had a lot of like trauma around just like my peers and again like with being Iranian American and just like looking different and having this idea of beauty, just kind of like this messaging, just like in my face at all times. And then just like kids being kind of mean at school and stuff like that. I shrunk and I hid myself to protect myself. So being an artist and putting myself out there and like dancing on Instagram or on stage or whatever, like that is so the opposite of like what I grew up believing that I had to do to keep myself safe. So like that is so huge to me that like I'm literally like shattering some old beliefs and like conditioning that told me to do the exact opposite of what I'm doing now. Wow. Yeah. It's like we teach and share what we're here to learn the most. And you've learned the technology of liberation through uninhibited expression in the face of upbringing that conditioned you to believe you must limit your expression. You must stay small and keep it tight in order to be safe. And mm -hmm. so I really see you just repatterning that in yourself with every dance, with every prayer, with every song, and in that, because of the integrity that it comes with, it is authentically inviting others to repattern their own belief systems and their own, I can't do it, or it isn't safe to be seen, you know, because you're an embodied demonstration of the repatterning, not that it's been easy from the jump, but that when you know it's what you're here to do and it's coming, you're following your greatest joy, which is so much of what I hear you saying. Just follow your joy and give yourself permission to follow your joy. And when you're doing that, it's not only freeing you, but it's also inviting others to do the same. In your expression, I also heard like one key for everyone to really integrate here is that you had to give yourself permission not to judge yourself for living your best life. That it's not bad or wrong or off in any way to be living a life that you really love, you know, in the face of perhaps relationships 
with family members who have not given themselves that same permission or friends who have not given themselves that same permission who might negatively project onto you that what you're doing isn't, you know, realistic or isn't, you know, or is idealistic or whatever the negative projections Mm -hmm. are, that there's also that internal decision inside that says, you know what, with enough evidence that I've gained, the simplicity of following my joy. And when I'm happy and lit up and most alive in dancing my dance and singing my song, I don't have to feel guilty about that. I don't have to feel ashamed about that. In fact, if I don't do that, it's robbing those around me from the invitation that I'm actually here to be for them to do the same, which actually takes a lot of courage because you have to be willing to face off with the feeling of others negatively projecting onto you who haven't given themselves that same permission. Mm-hmm. So I really right. honor the courage that it's taken for you to give yourself permission to live the life of an artist who is in her dharma and who is following the signal of what feels good. Like it's okay to feel good. I, it reminds me of the song. Yeah. You know, it's okay to feel good right? It's okay to feel good. And then following that is its own permission slip. And so at this juncture, I'd actually love to invite you to share a piece of art, a spoken word that feels true for this moment. Do you have Mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Trying to decide if I want to do this poem or a little bit of a rap verse, which is like very similar, actually just some do both powerful words, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This actually, this is one of the most recent verses that I wrote, and it kind of goes through a whole entire journey. It's a lot of words, but I'll share like a little bit and do it a cappella for you guys. But those. Oops, I slipped back into the mess of my un- of my divided attention, lacking focus on the good things instead. I'm stuck inside my head. My only enemy is me. I'ma let it rest. Relax and unwind, baby. So fine when you let go. Love to watch you unfold. It's like a fucking miracle. Uncertainty is part of the thrill. Find you too chill. That real ill medicine. Then trust and deliver. We are gods undercover. Let life breathe through you, devoted to the pleasure. My truth is my treasure. I've been digging it up. The old way ain't working. I'm tearing it up. Won't find me in the snow-capped mountains. I'll be admiring them from a distance. Out on a blue sea, taking it slow, melanin skin with that buttery glow. <laughs> oh, yummy! You guys feel what I mean? I mean, I am enchanted when this woman. <laughs> I'm enchanted. I love you. <laughs> I'm enchanted. I'm like You're a little shot type woman. I, Thank you. I need you by my side at every show. Yesterday, <laughs> I will take that job. That is, I'm I'm enchanted. I'm a little shy. I'm like looking at my face. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm like a little bit blushing because I feel enchanted. And what I feel, the place you're coming from, that mud that you had to move through in order to embrace what it is that you're here for as an artist, which is coming from liberated expression in the face of constriction, in the face of the conditioning that says, as an Iranian woman, this is not acceptable. And you made it acceptable through the depth of accepting within yourself that was essential. And I feel that depth of accepting that you've had to create within yourself as the floor, like acceptance of your gifts becomes the floor. Mm -hmm. I accept my gifts. And then it's like from there, from that floor, you rise into celebration, you rise into permission, you rise into the walking muse that you've become. And that is like, oh, like feeling good. When you speak, I feel you and the permission you've given yourself for it to be this good. And that, that inspires me to look at where in my own life, do I make it harder than it needs to be? Where in my own life, could I give myself a little bit more permission 
to follow what really feels good to me. You know, when I'm in my facilitation mode, that's my version of freestyle. When I'm facilitating the live dojos and the digital dojos, which by the way, everyone, we're doing a digital dojo on December 28th and Pardis is coming on as a guardian of the muse in the digital dojo. So if you're vibing this and you're vibing the art that's coming through here, desiring to unlock more of your expression, whether it's in the form of what we would conventionally call an artist like song or dance or poetry or spoken word, all that will be invited in the dojo. But there's also just the expression of your voice, sharing yourself, letting yourself be seen, saying the thing you've been afraid to say. The intention of the digital dojo is to identify where your fear-based leading edge is at. Where are you needing at this time in your life to get more free? And together, we're going to create a safe space for you to get free right before we turn into 2023. So I encourage you to join us for the Digital Dojo, and you're going to get to experience more of Pardis. Yeah, come on, <laughs> in that space. Okay, so that was part one. Now I'm like, what else? Okay, so there's another piece that was present that I'd love for you to share. Sure. The Muse one or the one? Yeah. Yeah, the, the not the one you're going to end with. I still want to jam a little more, just more oh, art from you. Yes, please. I love that. Yeah. So I also have a lot of music, new music being released and very, very excited about that. That feels like a whole new chapter that's, that's unfolding. And yes, I'm excited to actually talk about how that chapter has been unfolding. We've talked about what it's taken in order to get here to this place. And I want to talk about what it feels like to be in this, like unleashing of this new music that's coming through you now, because you've done a lot of clearing out of your channel in order to get to this place. So let's share about that after this next piece. Rowing is messy and gorgeous and wild. I flutter like mugwort flirts with the wind in your garden. I reach in to touch the fire that sparks the softening. Here at my center, spilling over in sips of hibiscus and easy vibrations, barefoot deep bow at the temple of my heart. As I loosen my grip on the crippling stories that were tugging at my thoughts. Grappling for my attention with a single breath of gratitude. I find solid ground amidst the frenzy. And as I regain my trust in the divine, the fear dissolves into peachy sunshine. Perhaps we can meet truth when we let go of perfection. Perhaps we will know love when we let go of demanding. Wow. Uh, I like the character that there's, you know, I feel like we're all very, you know, multifaceted and there are so many different facets of you. And I feel like there's this aspect of you that comes out when you're doing spoken word that is this sensual, (laughs) erotic invitation you know, that's, that's it. The sensual erotic invitation that I feel move through you when you drop into the poet expression. And I just appreciate that facet of you so much. Mm -hmm. So when you all are listening, you know, to Pardis's poetry, I invite you to really drop into your root and like the sacral chakra and like the part of ourselves, I'm speaking for myself as well, this part of myself that is ready and wanting to open more, you know, sexually and engage with the world with a deeper attunement to the senses and the sensory experience. You know, there's so much, I feel like shame that has been overlaid you know, culturally as women. And I, I imagine for you as an Ira- Ar- Iranian woman, you know, around being fully expressed sexually. And there's so much magnetism there. Can you speak to that a little bit? How have you unlocked a deeper relationship with your own sensuality and sexuality? Because 
I really feel that moving through you in your poetry. And it, it's like knocking on the door of my own desire to open more. And, and in that opening inherently is an invitation to transform the shame that would be in the way of it. So what has that journey been like for you? Oh, so real. And so, yeah, so much there. I love that you're asking this because, yeah, it's been a part of my life that I've been really like looking at and kind of studying recently. And I have realized that like this is part of my medicine, like part of my magic and the way that I express. But yeah, again, with like all of the, the shame and the limiting conditioning and beliefs around sexuality and sensuality and just like the way that I grew up was it was kind of like yeah don't really talk about that we don't really like have like sex until we're married and like just a lot of yeah a lot of stuff there and as I grew up I was like this is a beautiful thing and when I'm in this place of feeling connected to my own sensuality and sexuality and my own power in that way like I really do feel so powerful and so alive and connected to source it's like it's just like pure beautiful it's like creation energy and that's another cool thing that I realized I'm like as a creative I have all this creative energy like I could sit down every single day like on my own I'm such a hermit like I'm happy just like in my space for hours because there's so many things that I could be creating. But like, I have all this like abundant creative energy and I feel like I also have all this like abundant sexual energy because it's so similar. It's like very much the same thing in my opinion. And it's not a thing to be shameful of if it's coming from a place of wholeness and like groundedness, rootedness, right? Like I want to speak on this and touch on this real quick of like the importance of, of feeling rooted, of taking care of yourself in all the ways that you need to be able to feel grounded before expressing and growing and expanding in all the ways that you do. When you asked about also like what kind of things I was doing to take care of myself to like make sure that I can grow in this creative way and like, and like evolve on this path. That's like not so conventional. It's like taking care of my basic needs so that I can create. So having my own space where I can do my practices and get weird and like wild and, you know, whatever it is, it's like, that's really important. And it's taken me a while because I also have this very nomadic free spirit type way of being. And it's like, I realized I need my home. I go back to the whole sensuality thing. Yeah, just like deciding for myself that this is a beautiful part of me. This is a beautiful piece of life that I like a realm that I like to play in, like a space that I like to occupy and, and show up fully in. And there's nothing to be shameful around that. Like as long as I'm coming from a place of fullness and I got me and I'm, you know, I'm not like using that as a distraction or as, or like a way of manipulation or anything like that. It's just like, you know, when I feel connected to someone and safe to be myself and to be free, it's a beautiful thing to celebrate. I'm like, yes, more of that. Yeah. Okay. I think that's important to name, you know, the way we move from utilizing like distorted expression of sexuality where we're reaching outside of ourselves in order to, you know, quite literally and figuratively be penetrated or filled up in the moment by something outside of ourselves, because there's something we're feeling empty within, you know, there's something we're not feeling self-sourced or resourced or confident or worthy. If the place, the sexuality is coming from is reaching for something to be filled or to be distracted or to be affirmed or validated, then it is like this distorted expression where the sexuality is distorted into a mechanism that is, is like filling a need from something outside. And that creates an unhealthy dependence where we then get hooked in and we're dependent on this outside source of love or being filled up by the energy of sexuality or sensuality. And that becomes its own kind of crutch 
that we get to look at. Now, what I really hear you saying is it's like taking the journey from noticing where it's the sexuality or sensuality is being used from more of like either a conscious or unconscious place of manipulation or reaching out in order to fill something, then really creating the space to see that and fill yourself up and feel rooted and anchored in the self. Then from there, it sounds like it was as simple as like the internal alchemy of a decision inside of you to see where sexuality and sensuality was being held from a conditioned place of of shame or like really looking at where there have been ideas or ideals that are indoctrinated by a culture or a religious context that's not actually our own. And then redefining that through decision and deep, clear, raw self-awareness to say, oh, this is actually my sexuality and sensuality when expressed from a place of I got me. That's what I heard you say is I'm rooted, I'm anchored, I got me. And then from that place of really believing that I got me, it's like now you can infuse your art and your being and your dance and your relationship field with the healthy expression of Eros and your sensuality and sexuality and what you magnetize and inspire from that place feels good and feels like a yes in a healthy powerful part of your code. And I think that's an important discovery for us all is like, what is my most healthy engagement and relationship with my sensuality and my sexuality in the world? And when it comes from a place of wholeness, it's like a curious discovery of like, it's magnetic. Like, what do I magnetize when I'm in healthy erotic relationship with life it may not even be overtly sexual yeah it's powerful uh-huh yeah it's powerful i noticed for myself i went into a practice last night just my own personal practice and it actually ended in a pleasure practice where this is the first time i've been single in nearly 5 years and it's been really powerful for me to like re-engage with my own relationship with my own sexuality without the need for it to come from a man like a human man and feeling where in the void of having a romantic partner right now, I got to feel like in my aloneness when it's just me and me living my life up here in the mountains in Topanga, you know, where do I feel a void and where do I feel like a need to kind of reach out or want that sexual or romantic validation from, from a man or a romantic partner. And at this stage in my life, it's been really powerful for me to re-engage an erotic relationship with myself and life. And when I went into this pleasure practice, it was as if I was allowing myself to be penetrated by a force that is transcendent of man. It was being penetrated by the force of life mm-hmm. itself. And that was so fulfilling because it's transcendent of the need for it to come from any one human form. And I feel like that baseline is a baseline that is continuing to get really fortified within myself that will allow for my next romantic partner to come in and get to engage in this most full spectrum experience of human sexuality, but to not be dependent on it to come only from him, because there's also this larger relationship with Eros as life force energy that I can cultivate between me and me, between me and life. And then that includes my relationship with my human partner, but it's not exclusive to my relationship with my masculine partner. Does that make sense? thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, that's like such a beautiful practice. It reminds me of a beautiful practice that I try to try to remember to do of just like in every moment, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could just be like, sitting at your table at home alone, like eating your breakfast, you know, whatever it is, like feeling the sunshine on your skin like from the window. It's like, how deeply can you engage with that moment? No matter how small or like mundane or trivial or whatever, it's like, however deep you can go in that simple moment, just like daily life thing that's happening 
is like it allows us to open up to pleasure in all other aspects of life with a partner, without a partner on our own, you know, like walking down the street in the middle of the day. It's just like practice opening up to life and like receiving life and like feeling it like in all the ways throughout your entire being, you know, and it'll change your life. Yes. I highly recommend watching this episode on YouTube if you're not currently, because just the way Pardis even in these micro moments, the way you're moving your body, when you talk about engaging with the pleasure in the mundane, I can feel the invitation. I'm like, wow, that opens, like just witnessing your embodied expression actually opens up a deeper level of embodiment within myself when it comes to the pleasure in the mundane. I'm like, wow, like the way I walk and the way I move today, I feel like I'm accessing a deeper level of presence and sensuality through witnessing the way that you are being in your body. And so if you can check this out also on YouTube, you can look up Zahara Zimring or the Dojo podcast and check it out so that you can actually witness these micro moments of just the way the muse in Pardis is actually moving and inviting deeper embodiment. So as we get to land the ship and close this episode out, I'd love for you to share a little bit about now. We've taken the journey from like the era of the mud, what it's taken for you to break through the earlier childhood and adolescent conditioning of the culture and the family into the season of really choosing to follow your joy and doing that in the face of ideas and ideals that would say, this is not realistic and you did it anyway and just fully fan the flame of following your passion and your joy as an artist. And now I've seen you turn this corner as you've gotten grounded, as you shared how important that's been to you, landing in Mexico City, creating your sanctuary space. And from that place, I see you turning this corner into like this powerhouse of creativity and recording music. And I know you just shot a music video. So if you can share a little bit about what this season has been like in your life of stepping into these next levels of creativity, what are you discovering about yourself? And like, what feels new here in this season? Yeah, damn, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so happy. If Yeah, it feels like for the past year, I've been kind of, you know, kind of on the DL, like low key doing my thing, working with a really beautiful human, uh, V. Ferg, homie out of Brooklyn, who I met in Morocco at that same experience house. And we've just been like steadily working on music, making it happen. It's like you just, you have to commit and invest in yourself and in your artistry, just like you would with anything else that matters. And like, of course, like I said, it's like this rewiring of like truly believing that like, this is what I'm here to do. And this deserves my full love and attention and my resources and like all the things. So I was consistently working with him on like a ton of music. We have so many ideas and projects that are that are in the works and had a few tracks that that we finished and started uploading them to all the different platforms. So I have one track right now that's up called Lady of Dust and it's a bit of an instrumental track that I envisioned being used for so many different things. So check that out, everybody, if you if you'd like, if you feel called, and I would love to see what art is created with that. Lady of Dust, it's called. And yeah, I, we just, we just like, I just decided, I'm like, right, I'm doing this. Like, I guess I'm giving this my everything and have been working on recording the music, writing the music again. Like, it's crazy how easily it can just come through like ideas and they don't always necessarily have to translate into something solid and like in the physical right away. But the, what I like encourage everyone who's like in a similar sort of space or wanting to open up their creativity and their channel is to just like create spaces that feel inspiring to you and just like meet yourself there like consistently. Like give yourself, you know, 30 minutes a day even. And sometimes that 30 minutes will turn into four hours or you just like riffing and like ideas just coming through like lightning speed and you just like can't stop you know other times it'll feel blocked it's like take a step back but 
give yourself the gift of having those moments where you meet yourself and you're like, this is the time for me to just like let whatever wants to come through, come through. I love that. I love that invitation. You know, it's the presencing of spaciousness to allow creativity to flow and not being attached to any one idea in particular, having to collapse into a certain form immediately, like let the full force of your creative expression and your ideas flow in an unkinked hose and then capture them. And you don't know when or how they'll come together into an expression, but really creating sacred space for even 30 minutes a day or every other day to allow yourself to be creative. And I think that's an essential ingredient as we start to get curious about what it is to follow our joy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. now, as we start to close out the episode, I'd love to invite you to share one more spoken word piece, whatever feels most inspired to you. And we can absolutely put the link to the Spotify song, Lady of the Dust in the show notes. So for anyone listening, who'd like to follow that music and use it for your own art. I really heard that as a strong intention. Check it out. Yeah, totally. And then the next single will be out in early January with a video that we just shot. That was just so magical. Everything I could have ever dreamed. So I'm really excited to share that with everybody as well. Amazing. Um, Yeah. Okay. So this poem is a classic I always come back to. And I love this one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I I wrote it like for in the perspective of like speaking it to a lover and just sharing the intention or the why behind like my shine and my fullest expression and my like, just like, all of that, you know, it's bigger than the desirability that it creates or the magnetism towards like another human. It's like, we're doing this work. Yes. The sensuality, the, the magnetism, the artistry, all of that will draw people in and will, you know, call in attention, but it's like, we're not doing it for that reason. We're doing it because we're becoming, we're learning how to be our own muses and our own truest inspiration to like learn how to develop that love for ourselves. (laughs) I do not do this for you, my love. Though I do delight deeply in all that you are and dance like a madman in your fragrant rain. Nothing tastes sweeter than coming home to my own full-bodied love. The most simple remedy for a bitter wound Basking in the eternal splendor, enormous, divine, and unbothered, I am my own sanctuary, my own muse. I do not do this for you. Tending the garden inside, laying to rest this skull-wrapped tempest, intoxicated and wild with remembrance, I am unfurling as a most brilliant dawn, spilling over in prayers and rich saffron. Mm. Yummy. Yummy. (laughs) Yummy. I love the reminder that is, you know, like I'm not doing this for you, for anyone else and just bringing it home, bringing it right home to Mm -hmm. our deepest why as we journey and give ourselves permission to become who it is that we're uniquely coded to be like the acorn becomes the oak every single time we each have our own unique soul blueprint. And the more permission we give ourselves to become that which we're here to be, we naturally effortlessly inspire others to do the same. And I really see you here doing that Pardis. So thank you for your time, your voice and your energy in joining us today. And as I shared, all of Pardis's links to music and her Instagram will be in the show notes so you can find more of her there. And I'm so grateful. Thank you for being here. And to all of you listening, thank you for the depth of your receiving today. It means so much to both of us. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much. This is such a pleasure to be here with you. And the question I keep singing, I love to see you sing. (laughs) Yes, please. How could I not? (laughs) Such a muse.
All right. Love you all. See you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at Zahara Zimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart. Leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.